Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. everybody how we doing on this wednesday night it's good to be with you of course my name is michael borky welcome thanks for hanging out glad you're with me all that good stuff today it's uh it's very simple and i'll tell you where an idea like this came from it's uh it was born out of necessity so this although we're at the end of it now uh because nfl training camp started today and that's always a good thing This topic, this idea, was born out of me having to figure out what the hell to do for three hours on the radio at the end of July, uh, trying to figure out something to talk about. Manufacturing good content, keyword being good, trying to make it good, uh, not always successful, Uh, trying to make it good when there's nothing to talk about. And I cannot stand Mount Rushmore's, so I will not do Mount Rushmore's, and so I was thinking about something earlier. And all I hear all the time, constantly, is college football coaches complaining. That is really, that's all I hear. And you heard it at SEC media days. You've heard it at Big Ten media days. You've heard it at ACC media days. Coaches are constantly, always complaining about the current state of college football media people people in my position with bigger platforms in mind are constantly constantly complaining about the current state of college football and so what i've decided is instead of being uh, one of those people where i just point out errors i am going to provide solutions that is what's happening tonight my six easy ways to fix the current state of college football i'm not going to be kirby smart I'm not going to be Nick Saban. I'm not going to be Kirk Ferentz or Dabo Sweeney or even Lane Kiffin talking about the current state of college football and its lack of sustainability and all this crap that you constantly hear from people making five to ten million dollars a year. I'm a solutions man, though, so I'm going to provide you some tonight. Again, I'm sorry, just double checking, making sure the audio works. Uh, But again, my name is Michael Borky. I'm very glad that you guys are with me. While you're here, do not forget to uh, mash that subscribe button. Like the video. That would help me a lot as well. But also subscribe to the channel if you have not already. I know we are on the dog days of summer, but we will have more serious football to talk about here very, very soon. So subscribe to this channel because I'll go live often during the season. Uh, Just 
stuff that either didn't make the radio show or thoughts I have away from it uh, live with you. Also, late, late Saturday nights after game. So I want you to be a part of it. Uh, please, uh, so please subscribe, like the video. I would appreciate that very much. So I won't delay anymore. The six ways. If I was the commissioner of college football, if that role existed, which it should, by the way, can't believe it doesn't, but the six ways to fix college football, if they did these these six things, I don't know. That's a good question. Doesn't matter, though. We're going to press on. Uh, If we did these six things, the sport, the current state of the sport, all of the complaints would go away. Number one, and it's really simple. The first one is increase enforcement staff and actually consider enforcing the few rules that you have left. The the fact that we all know that Tennessee has a quarterback recruit that is getting or has already agreed to, can't get it yet, has already agreed to a $7 million deal. Think about that. A $7 million deal we already know exists for a guy that hasn't stepped foot on campus yet, and the NCAA is still focused on Jeremy Pruitt, who hasn't been the coach in how long? So this is absurd. And what you have seen is not even what the current laws and rules say should be going on. It is very clear that NIL should not is against the law to be used as an inducement, yet people are doing so anyway. You had a Texas A&M player defend Texas A&M by saying his decision wasn't just about the money. You had a Texas A&M assistant coach on video point to the boxes and say, you know, the people that sit in those boxes are the ones that are going to, that are giving you a lot of money. Remember that? Um, If they actually had the illusion of enforcing what few rules they had left, maybe all of this seven and a half million dollar quarterback stuff would calm down a little bit. I'm a supporter of NIL. I think that that always should have existed. However, not like this. This is not how it was supposed to be. They need to enforce it because, again, the fact that we know that that exists already is an embarrassment of the sport, and it is turning people off. It absolutely is turning people off. Will it fix everything? No, because uh, there wasn't. Um, <laughs> it's not like the sport was clean and pure before NIL. NIL didn't change the the nature of dirty recruiting, even when all this stuff was against the rules. However, if you even just create the illusion of enforcement, some of this stuff that is turning so many people off will die down. The NCAA is a organization that makes a billion dollars on the basketball tournament alone, hire more enforcement staff, go enforce your rules, be faster and tougher on them as well. When you know when people have the contract given to a recruit, when they have it in their hands, reporters have the contract in their hands, go do something about it. And maybe all of this stuff will die down and and go away. Not completely. But in the real world, crime goes down. And in high crime neighborhoods, if they increase police presence, crime goes down. Does it go away? It does not, but it does go down. Have a presence and maybe crime will go down. Number two, so that's number one. Number two, caps and limits. 
a couple of, I mean, none of this would ever actually happen because this would take strong leadership that's willing to do the unpopular thing, but it is the right thing. Caps and limits. They need to have a cap on the number of staff you can have. There is an imbalance in college sports, specifically with support staff and stuff like that. You guys know the jokes about Nick Saban and his analysts by now. The playing field is unlevel in that regard. It also impacts recruiting. It impacts film study. It impacts games. Some schools can just have more coaches than other ones. That's not fair. Put a cap on the number of paid staff that you can have. Put a cap on the recruiting budget that you have. I'm not talking about NIL stuff. I'm talking about recruiting budget. I don't think that you can legislate, and I I really don't think that that is possible. I don't think you can legislate it. You, You can't have a draft. That is completely off the table. You're not going to be able to tell 18-year-old kids where they attend college. Not going to happen. So that's off the table. And I think like the, the concept of a salary cap is totally unrealistic. I don't think that's possible uh, unless you make them employees, which opens up a can that they don't want to open up. So you can cap a recruiting budget, though. You can level the playing field in coaches taking private helicopters to high school games to flex their financial muscles. Uh, So caps on assistant coaches, or or staff, I should say, caps on things like recruiting budget and audit it. Every year they have to publish that information publicly because they are public institutions after all. I know they hide behind uh, foundations and stuff. Get rid of that. And this one is a little controversial but I think this is the most important thing I'm going to say tonight. Reduce the scholarship limit. Decrease roster sizes. And I know the first thing that people will say is, well, you're taking opportunities away from kids. Here's how you counter that. Let's say you take the 85 scholarship limit and drop it down to 75. What you do is then you allow FCS teams to, instead of offer 62, I believe, Offer 72 if they want to. So the 62 limit goes up to 72 on a flexible scale if they can't afford it at the FCS level. And the 85 goes to 75 at the FBS level. Here's what that will do. It will stop talent hoarding in college football. The the issue we've got right now is the best players in the sport all are going to a very small concentration of schools. The 10 players that would no longer go to Alabama would then go to Old Miss and Mississippi State. And then those 10 players that would not be given the opportunity, that's just the truth, uh, to go to Old Miss and Mississippi State would go to a place like Southern Miss. And the guys that go to a place like Southern Miss would then go to Furman and Chattanooga. And if we're being totally honest uh, about the bottom of of FBS football and the top of FCS football and is there's very little difference between the quality of life and at least the guys at the FCS level have something to play for. I would reduce scholarship limits. The NFL somehow can play with 53-man rosters, 46 of which are available on game day. College football teams can stand to lose 10 players on their roster. You want to talk about parity? You want to talk about competitive balance? That's what you will do. 
you will reduce the scholarship numbers and you make them up at the FCS level, at the Division II level. That's where you make up those scholarships. Do you want parity or not? Because let's be totally honest here. You don't need 85-man rosters on a football team. The NFL proves that you don't. They're professionals. They're better athletes. I get it. But they have 53. You've got 85. You really are trying to convince me that you need 32 more players on a college roster than an NFL? Spare me. Talent hoarding is an issue. You can't fix it with a draft. That's not possible. You can't fix it with an NIL cap. That's not going to happen. You fix it by reducing roster sizes. That's what you do. That's point number two. That's the biggest one. You start putting caps on things that you can put caps on because there are programs like Alabama and Ohio State that can do more in everything than their own division counterparts. Is that the case in professional football? Nope. Is that the case in high school football? I mean, maybe. Sure, there's corruption there. But the highest level of the sport, every roster plays by the same set of rules, can only have the same amount of coaches, can only have the same amount of practice time, and can only spend the same amount on their roster. In college football, it's a free-for-all with an 85-man roster. Fix that, and you'll fix college football. Number three, expand the playoff. You guys have heard me uh, on on this before. It's going to come. I do think that uh, national interest in college football is waning because the entire conversation is centered around playoff. The national discourse is completely and totally about playoff, and there's six teams that can make the playoff in two conferences really, that have teams that can actually win the thing. Uh, If you expand the playoff, you expand the number of teams that are playing meaningful football, which I believe will make the sport better, will increase national interest. You keep more people engaged for longer. You have more meaningful games on the schedule because the current model right now, there there are simply not enough games that truly matter in college football right now. You had Ohio State players today straight up saying they didn't win anything last year. It was, what, an 11-win football team with a Rose Bowl? And their they said out loud, we, we didn't win anything last year. That was what they said. The playoff or bust mentality has completely ruined. People say college football's got the greatest regular season in sports. It's losing that luster because every year it feels like the regular season matters less and less. If I gave you four teams, would you take the field against me to make the playoff? Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, throw Clemson in there? Those four teams, national championship, and you get the field of 126. Who are you taking? You're telling me that's the product of a great regular season? Nah. Expand the playoff, make the season more interesting. Uh, Number four, portal windows, and keep it at one. This idea that we're just going to open up transfers every year and just let a kid go to five schools in five five years if he wants to um, is a ridiculous proposition. And the fact that they're even considering going through with it is a serious problem. I heard people talk about slippery slope before. I I did. And, And I understand it to some degree. 
when when people are like, well, you're going to implement NIL and you're going to implement this transfer rule, what's next? Something, you know, the, the slippery slope, it's going to get worse. They're going to ask for the next thing, so you have to stop now. Um, I hear that because this is where you stop. You do not open up free transfers whenever they want for however many times they want to. You're going to have situations where guys are transferring after the season and then after the spring. That That's going to happen. Again, at the professional level, free agency is at a small window and only select players can do it. College football needs to resemble that in some way. This idea that players can just go wherever the hell they want every single year is a drain on the sport and will turn people off. It sounds goofy, and people in my business dismiss it. Well, I say my business. Writers dismiss it. Football fans, college football fans, are loyal to their school. Players are not as much. But if you remove that aspect completely, when you can't, you don't even know who's on your team on an annual basis, that's going to turn people away. That's going to turn coaches away. One-time transfer, fine. That's fine. Keep it in a short window after the season, before the spring. You have to enter the portal. You have to find a destination. When that window closes and you haven't found a home, you can return to your school if you want to, or you can walk on somewhere. It's time for these people to put their foot down and say, enough is enough. You have a full scholarship still paid for. You get thousands of dollars in cost of attendance money every single year, and now a booster can give you whatever the hell you want whenever you want it. Put your foot down and say enough is enough. Somebody has got to be the the iron fist in the room right now and say enough is enough. Number five, mandate access. College football needs to force programs to give fans and media more access to the goings-on I don't know if you've watched any of the the practices or anything from uh, from NFL training camp uh, today, this week. The fact that fans are able by the thousands to go watch their team practice is really cool. These are a lot of people that don't get to and cannot afford to go to these games, but more and go to their games, so they get to go to practices. More importantly, though, it allows people to connect with your fans or with your players. It allows the fans to connect with your players. Right now, there are college football programs all over the country that completely and totally close practice to the media and to fans. You don't let reporters, storytellers, tell stories about your players. You don't let your players tell their stories to people. And yes, they've got Twitter and Facebook. That's not the same thing. Not anywhere close. They don't get to see these guys in person. They don't get to get their autographs and give them a high five. And that kind of interaction makes fans for life. And the NFL has that down to a T. When I hang up with you guys, I'm going to go into my living room and I'm going to put on the NFL network. And I will have video, highlights, and interviews from all of the training camps. All of them. And I'll and they'll just go from one place to another to another with video of players practicing and getting ready for the season. Do you get the same thing in college? No. How can you connect with these new transfers or the new freshmen if you never get to see them or hear from them? You don't get to not only not go in person, you get no video of them. You get no audio from them. I would mandate access 
because people are losing their connection with their teams. I feel it. I talk to people every day. I know it's true. They're losing their connection with their teams. It is happening. And because it's happening, I would mandate access. And last one, number six, this is uh, the the most basic one, least impactful one. Uh, I would add a second bye week to the season. One, you get an extra week of football, but two, that extra week of rest, I think, would, uh, one, make you feel more comfortable with an expanded playoff and adding more games to your schedule, but it uh, gives players more rest. It, it takes some of the physical toll off their body, which means they perform at a higher level, which means players that are injured have more chances to get back, and it overall enhances the product. Will you have some weekends that are a little bit lesser than others? Sure. But instead of 13 weeks, you have 14 weeks, and you have more healthy players, more games being played by the best players, and that is good for the sport. And uh, a little side one, this one is just very, very small. I would uh, remove bowl games counting against eligibility. So if you have a red shirt that has played in four games, you can play in the bowl game without penalty. So there you go. Uh, six ways to fix college football. That is doing more than any of these coaches have done, actually offering solutions. Imagine that. And um, in Tennessee deal with uh, the focus on years gone by. It's amazing. I know, right? I mean, they're flashing it in everybody's face. But anyway, Will says, imagine if uh, Keishon Boutte came to Mississippi State because LSU already had their scholarships filled. That's exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. Those kind of players that Alabama and Georgia and LSU are able to hoard because there's 85 players on their roster and they can sell them on a bunch of stuff that's not going to come true and they're going to sit the bench and a lot of them are going to transfer out anyway. They go to a place where they actually will play and will play earlier. Spreads the talent around. And because the talent gets spread around, teams get better. In some cases, teams get worse. And the playing field becomes level. Wouldn't that be great? Reducing scholarships helped the level playing field with Bear Bryant years ago, so there is a precedent. Yeah, I mean, there will be freedom fighters that will say what I mentioned earlier, that you're taking opportunities away from kids. You know, maybe you are. Um, but again, if you just raise the limit on FCS and, and keep the same number of scholarships available uh, for these players, it works out. It works out. Do you want parity or not? Free agency, you also say, has messed up Major League Baseball. I'm a Braves fan, and it seems the roster is different every year. I don't like it. Yeah, that's what college football is going to become. That That is quite simply what college football is going to uh, to become. So a bit of a lighter night. That's okay. It's the, uh, the end of July. I appreciate you guys. Uh, next time I talk to you, it'll be August, which is awesome. And we can really buckle down on football. So that was uh, Quick Six. Thank you guys uh, for, for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate you. Subscribe, like the video, and I'll see you guys on Sunday night. Same time, Sunday night. I'll, uh, I'll see you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.